Hey guys, grab yourself a coffee or a tea, kick back and relax. We are traveling across Japan without ever leaving home. Welcome to episode three of the At Home Show. I'm Norman. This is the Tokyo Lens Podcast. Welcome to the At Home Show. And as always, if you are a regular listener, welcome back. When I traveled to Japan for the very first time back in 2005, I traveled the entire country from Hokkaido all the way down to Kyushu. There were two main parts of Japan that I skipped on this trip. One being the islands of Okinawa, very tropical, beautiful, still haven't made it there. And the other is the entire island of Shikoku. Now, probably more of a time management thing than anything else. I just never made it back until somewhere around half a decade ago when I happened to visit for the very first time. And since then, I think I've been there like 20, 30 times. I have fallen in love with the area of Shikoku. Regular viewers will know that I cannot sing its praises enough. Something about the island is just untouched, mystical, undiscovered, and beautiful. You can feel a Japan that you thought you would never have the chance to feel in modern days. A Japan of old, I just, you know what, I could go on about it for days and days and days, but the point being, this is where our guest today is from. Today's guest is actually born and raised in the town of Matsuyama, which is home to one of Japan's most famous onsen, Dogo Onsen, and is by far one of the best business experts that I know here in Japan and can really speak a lot both to being born and raised in the area. And you know, before I give away the entire podcast, why don't we just kick back coffee cup in hand and sit down at home with Sherry. Today, we are joined by Sherry, who is located on the island of Shikoku, an island that I didn't go to for the longest time and now can't stop going to, but I'm sure that'll come up in this episode. I will stop talking and just say, hi, Sherry, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Norm. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. I am doing absolutely wonderful. I appreciate you making the time. So for people who don't know who Sherry is, uh, I know introductions are something you have always done your best to sidestep, but I'd love it if you can give us a, just a simple introduction of yourself. Okay, simple. Wow, <laughs> that's challenging. Uh, so I'm Sherry. Uh, I'm living in southern part of Japan uh, on the island called Shikoku. Uh, it's an island that's pretty big. Uh, it's uh, consists of four uh, prefectures, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm on a prefecture called Ehime, okay. and I'm running uh, my business related to basically English. Like I do translation mm. work, uh, interpreter job. I do like I also teach English. Uh, recently, I made my own like English study material that I will release soon. I start hiring people. It's just yeah, yeah just total mess. But yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> that's actually a much better introduction than you usually give. I'm, I'm very, really? very impressed. I was fully ready to do what I feel like I've done every time you've ever introduced yourself. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, allow me to redo that intro because you, you are definitely a person who wears many hats. You run many businesses. As you said, you've uh -huh. got everything from the translation to the actual school that you run to now you're doing like a cram school that you're setting up. You're, yep. am I allowed to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can. All right. <laughs> this is actually first time. I'm talking oh, really? about it okay. online, yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't know if you've <laughs> talked about it at all, so I didn't want to spill the beans. Okay, well, it's out there now. You've got all these different businesses that you run on top of all the work that you've done for television and radio and a whole YouTube channel and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't know why I still felt the need to introduce you again, but I did, <laughs> I did, and... We met for the first time, I don't know, what, five, six years ago? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had come down to the island of Shikoku for the very first time. I had completely mm -hmm. skipped it in every other trip. And 
felt like I was stepping into the past in a really, really good way. It was like this untouched okay. <laughs> like, gem what? of Japan that hadn't seen the tourist boom that so many other places had seen that had kind of made them shift focus from what they are into what they had become. And so I really love the area. I feel like it's still an explorer's paradise, but you were born and raised there. Yeah. And you enjoy it so much that your mm -hmm. original title for your YouTube channel <laughs> yep. was Sherry Berry in Ehime. Yeah, because so, I am in Ehime. Well, you are. This is a fact. This is a fact. <laughs> and you've now changed that over to... Sherry Y. Okay. Okay. And I think a lot of it was the fact that you started out sharing the, the, the travel content. You started sharing a lot of what's going on in Ehime, that kind of... Uh, countryside life and then you mm -hmm. the, the more your business developed the more you started sharing that side of things right so these are both things that I'd really like to talk about today I'd love to talk about life in the countryside I'd love to talk mm -hmm. about the business side of things and I feel there's so much to be said about life in the countryside but since we've already gotten so close to this business topic I'd like to start there so sure. how many years have you been running your business? Is uh, how many years? Six years? Okay. Yeah, something like that. And when we had first met, it was I think like you, you just started the business. You were running a right. small class out of your house while Yeah, that yeah. that was actually right after I quit all of my part-time jobs okay. and decided to focus on my business. And just before that, could let, let, let's paint a, a picture for everybody, if we will. Okay. So you were born and raised in this small countryside town, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. rolling green hills, mountains everywhere, rivers. <laughs> well, 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 but, but a lot of people uh, commented, was it on my YouTube channel, but I forgot somewhere that uh, Matsuyama is not actually that small mm. if you think globally. There are so many like capital cities out there that's smaller than Matsuyama, like population wise, you know. Mm. Yeah, so <laughs> it's not like, you know, you make it sound like it's like middle of nowhere, but it's not. It really isn't. It really isn't. But one of the. It's the untouched feeling of it. I think what made it stand out to me the absolute most is that uh -huh. Matsuyama Station, when we first okay. got to Matsuyama Station uh, for the event that I had gone there for, right there, big, wonderful station, and the, that like game center, batting center, or whatever, yeah. right beside it is basically uh -huh. abandoned. It is a main. <laughs> like two three-story building right beside the main station of the city and it's abandoned well they i don't know right now but like back then they were still running their business though okay yeah it looks abandoned but yeah there's not okay All right. <laughs> I stand i've been there correct. so i know so, sure um but yeah matsuyama i i think uh, we, we've talked about it a billion times. It's, the nice thing is mm -hmm. it's, it's like 30 minutes to the ocean. It's 30 minutes to the mountains right. and 30 minutes on the highway, either north or south, and you're in a completely different place. But we're painting a picture here, so I'm going to come back to our picture <laughs> painting. I want to paint a picture of kind of you and your life. So raised in this area, uh, you yeah. grew a love for the English language somehow, mm -hmm. for some mm -hmm. reason. I don't know why. I don't know why either. And then you found yourself going overseas. Can you fill in the right. story from that point? Um, I went to Hawaii for a uh, school year, okay. whole school year, when I was in uh, when I was in high school. I think I was around like sixteen or seventeen. Okay. Did you speak English at this point? Uh kinda. But like I gone to like so-called Eikaiwa school mm. since I was like three years old okay. but I wasn't like fluent in English I could probably understand what other people are saying but the native speakers in America speak very very fast <sighs> and they use a lot of slang mm. right so it was like 
a lot of like a lot a lot of different things there. But yeah, I spent a year there. Um, but uh, I decided I wanted to study more. So after actually skipping a grade and graduated mm. officially from local high school in Hawaii, mm. took a lot of work. I had no uh, <laughs> idea that you skipped a grade. Oh, you didn't I know? I had no idea. Because like, okay, um, I wanted to stay one more year because I was a junior there. Okay. So that's the 11th grade gotcha. when I went there. So I had one more year to go, mm. but then I was on my J-1 visa. Mm. Uh, which was used by one of the terrorists Wonderful. in uh, when whenever that thing happened. Mm. So the rules is just so strict. Mm. So I couldn't get uh, another like, extra year okay. on that visa. So the only uh, only way for me was to either just like you know come back mm. and then maybe get a student visa next year to get go uh, go to college or something. Okay. Um, so that was my basically only choice. So then I was like, you know what? I tried to stay, but I couldn't, but I want to keep going. Mm. I want to study hard. So why don't I like try, uh, try to do everything I can do while I'm still in Hawaii. Mm. So I took extra courses and it's of course, it, because it's US, you have to take like US history mm. and stuff like that. It was like so hard because I have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about. And, like the, the worst part of US history is like, I'm not a big fan of history anyway, even if like Japanese yeah, history. Either. But then, like in Japan, the history is like long. Mm. So maybe the worst part of the, you have to remember the year of what, like, you know, what happened, Yeah. right? But US history is so short, so you have to memorize the dates as well. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh. But anyway, yeah, I did all of that and I officially graduated, but I had to skip a year okay. in order to graduate, mm. yeah. And then after Hawaii, yeah. What happened mm -hmm. next? So I came back once mm. because my parents basically insist on uh, me graduating officially from Japanese high school as well. Okay. So me trying to be a good daughter. <laughs> there was a lot of fight there, but anyway. Uh, so, I <laughs> so I came back, I graduated from Japanese high school as well, but uh, I studied for TOEFL because, you know, like, you know, like uh, American students, they have to take SAT. Mm. Uh, here in Japan, you have to take standard exam, but foreign students who want to go to American university, you have to get certain score on TOEFL, okay. right? But yeah, that's a tough year too. Anyway, so I got a, <laughs> but I made it, I made it. Um, I got a, a more than enough score on TOEFL. So I actually got like full uh, scholarship. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even need to take it's a like extra late, courses or anything. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so on the scholarship, uh, you don't even have to like pay back mm. or anything. So it was a good deal. So I went to <laughs> Missouri. <laughs> of all places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was a big reason. Like I got offered from like more than twenty universities. Okay. Uh, but this specific university. Uh, in Missouri had the uh, best price okay. of scholarship mm. um, and it's new, mm. pretty new. Uh, well, the, the, the school itself is not that new, it's probably one of the oldest. Okay. Uh, it has the longest history, but the, the campus itself is pretty new. Gotcha. And uh, I wanted to do something to do with theater. Mm. But I actually get a phone call from the uh, the scholarship agency in Japan that saying like, "Hey, um, your request is pretty uh, non-standard, mm. so like I'm sorry if we couldn't get you into any university because like who wants to major in theater yeah. in Japanese?" <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, I know. But luckily, the university's uh, donor it's got the donor and the donor has a billion and billion of dollars and he built a theater okay like giant theater theater in the campus wow so i was like there we go there it is. <laughs> so yeah i went yeah beautiful and then how many years did you spend in missouri uh, actually two years okay so 
So,、um, your overall time overseas is actually quite short then. Mm hmm, mm hmm. And I came back here and then, so yeah, in total, probably like two years overall.、Mm -hmm. And then you came back, you worked part time jobs for a short while, and then basically、mm -hmm. started your business. Yeah. Okay. Now, You started small and built up to the multiple companies that you're running now. <laughs> I know we've talked about again and again and again how running a business isn't actually running a business. It's just literally fixing problems that have come up that would stop you from running the business. And it's just that from、sure. morning to night, day after day, while still trying to keep the business moving forward. Yeah. But outside of that, I think that. Out of most of the people that I speak to, if not everyone, you probably have the most insight into what it's like to run a business in Japan because you've done it all. You've started companies,、mm. you've done the paperwork, you've done the taxes, you've hired people, you've everything in between. And I think one of the topics that we can get into right from the start that will give a lot of value to people is the topic of hiring. Okay. As somebody who runs a school or school and has had the experience of receiving applications and resumes and whatnot for workers in Japan,、mm -hmm. what would you say would give people an edge when they're applying? For a job in Japan? Like, what stood out to you? Obviously, each employer is going to have different things. Some people are going to be looking long term,、mm -hmm. some people are looking for specific skills. But outside of that, saying that the majority of your criteria that you're looking for are met, what made applicants stand out the most to you? Ooh, what made that's you a good like, question. Yeah, yeah. What made you want to contact them?、Um, okay. So, this is probably just me. I don't know because I haven't really talked with anybody、um, around my age、mm. uh, who owns their own companies and you know, hiring people. Because、yeah. uh, most of the people I've met so far is either like、uh, a president of like, huge companies、mm. or、uh, those who want to just keep it as a family business.、Okay. Right? So I'm trying to figure out on my own, basically.、Mm. So this is just like me, yeah, yeah, my、absolutely. personal opinion. Okay. <laughs> so I honestly don't care what the applicants put on the resume, cover letter, whatsoever.、Mm. At least, you know, they're not criminals or anything like that,、mm -hmm. you know? <laughs>、uh, right? <laughs> absolutely. Because,、um, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like my, my job is basically, like,、yeah. it's not like, you know, I'm trying to, like, You know, if you if you once committed a crime and like you know, I reject like shun. It's not like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's more like, you know, it's just like you know, it's school. Yeah, exactly. You're working with kids, with so, kids right? So. Yeah. So that's that's my standpoint. But anyway,、um, I try to meet everyone,、mm -hmm. like either online,、uh, you know, like Skype,、mm -hmm. or just like having them to come out to the office or meet at the cafe or. You know,、yeah. in any ways.、Uh, but I think it works both ways. It's not like I'm trying to judge them.、Mm. I think, like, they, like, if I judge them and then, then they judge me as well.、Yeah. So it's not like, you know, like one way or another. It's more like what we want together、mm. through the job.、Yeah. So, like, This is kind of similar to having the like relationships or friendships in general.、Okay. Um, usually, like, um, usually、uh, when you meet somebody for the first time、mm. and you feel like, oh, this person is like very nice, like,、oh, I like this person. But because、uh, even if it, everything starts off really good,、mm. then you set the bar higher,、mm. higher. Every time you meet that person, right?、Mm. And then you start feeling like, you know, gradually, oh, like maybe、uh, you start seeing the other person's flaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So the first time you meet somebody, if you question even one little thing about the other person, then probably it won't work well. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's like, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you get that. There's, there's okay. that thing. Like you, you've got to be able to feel. It kind of comes back to what you were saying before. Like if you feel mm. like you're at least your values are aligned or your way of thinking, your goals, and there's got to be some form of alignment. But if you meet up and you feel like whether it's the values, the goals, the communication style, something just doesn't align, it might not be like, oh, I'm judging them for being this way as much as like that doesn't work with my work style. And there's going to be a lot of back and forth. that will just waste time for both of us and cause unnecessary stress, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's actually, I do the same thing, uh, whether it be with people who are applying for my editor position or people who have reached out to me to do some kind of sponsored video or something. The attention to detail and that Mm. level of communication is kind of what stands out to me. So Mm. if, for example, someone's applied and they haven't actually checked the criteria or addressed how they meet or don't meet the criteria, that's just like, I'm like, nope, that email goes to the side. I don't even, I don't even put time into it. And it's the same with sponsors. If somebody reaches out and they're like, Hey, we want you to come up to this area or we want you to do this, but they haven't put the attention to detail in the email or it just seems tossed together or it has the wrong name. There was an email I got (laughs) probably like a month and a half ago um, that it was like, hello, Jonathan, we really enjoy your channel. And we'd like, and I was just like, uh, I I had a little extra time and I was like, thank you so much Uh for reaching out. I do want to say it seems like a very interesting project however attention to details fairly important to me um and my name isn't jonathan and they're like they they admitted it they were very very open and honest which actually ended up Uh winning me back for a moment and they were like oh sorry it was kind of a form letter and we copied and pasted the other one Mm -hmm. and i was like i really appreciate the honesty thank you so much you know it made me want to email them back i was like but again the form letter thing is like it doesn't really work right like i don't i don't work in that way um i understand Mm -hmm. a lot of people do i wish you all the best of luck but especially when you're bringing somebody into your company that you've built right Right. There has to be that alignment of value and way of thinking and communication style and everything. Uh-huh. So let's pretend mm-hmm. scenario here. Yeah. You get 100 applications today. Uh-huh. You obviously have to break your rule of meeting and talking to every person because time sure. management just won't allow it. Right. How do you think you would decide who to contact and who not to. Would it be how professional they were in their approach? Would it be the opening of their email? How much detail they've included? What What do you think you would choose based off in that point? Ah, uh, you know what? This is not a question that you throw <laughs> right now I actually, without a very Okay, okay. A very large part of me is that you... So one of the things for people listening who have never heard Sherry before or met Sherry before or seen any of Sherry's content, one of the things that has always impressed me about Sherry is you are always three steps ahead. I think in the entire Uh, time I've known you, in the entire Uh time I've known you, this is the first time that I've given you a hypothetical question related to your business that you hadn't Mm -hmm. already thought through and had an exact answer for. Like I've asked you stuff Mm. that is years in advance. You're like, oh, I've already got that planned out. If this happens, I'll do this. And I'm just (laughs) always like, how? How do you think of, it's like you see the whole chessboard mode. So I feel really bad now for asking a question <laughs> that you hadn't thought out, that you hadn't thought out at all. Actually, but, I think I got it. Oh, that was, that was quick. Okay. <laughs> Not even I was like, surprised, I was thinking, I was thinking, go for it. Because I don't like, like when I can't answer questions. So, um, okay. So what I'm going to do is that if. Mm. I'm at the point where I'm getting like a hundred applicants okay. for the job. That means obviously I'm not running the company all by myself. Okay. Okay. So if that's the case, I'll just like spare one or two of my staff saying, right. Hey, uh, reply to all of those emails. Hmm. So you still want them all replied to? Yeah. I love this. I Keep going. I probably won't even take a look at the resume that they send mm. out. Mm. And 
I will pick up those who replied to the emails that we send out in a day okay. or two. All right. You know, you know, so you'll use like that 20... timeliness as your filter. Yeah, I like 48 hours. Gotcha. If they reply to me in like, you know, three or four days later, then they're out. Mm. <laughs> right? And then uh, from those who reply to our email, I will take a look at, still, I won't, at this point, I won't look at the resume. I will probably look at how they reply to our emails or like, uh, like their sentences and like grammar mm. and stuff like that. Like how, like if they, if they start out their email by hey or something like that and they're out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. By that point from my experience, well, my small experience, I can probably narrow it down to 10 to 20%. Mm. Mm. Then it's manage manageable. Then probably I finally open up their resume. Hmm. I'm finally starting to get a peek at how you've always had like this answer for everything. So all you really need to have is like the idea, the question in your head for a few seconds. And then it resonates around in the background as we're doing a podcast episode <laughs> and you boom, you've got that. You're ready. Now yeah. you know exactly how you're going to play things if that ever happens. Right. Very, very. And all of those, it, it, I like it because it all is based around a certain value system, right? Like it shows that timeliness is very important to you. Mm -hmm. It shows that appropriate communication style mm. is very important to you. Mm -hmm. It shows that you take your business fairly seriously. So the other person needs to take their communication and their approach to it seriously. Right. And all of that makes great sense um I, I, I almost want to thank you be like thank you so much for sharing that with us just because it was impressive how quickly all of that came together or well, thank you for so, the question though <laughs> if i get any other really good ones i will be sure to drop them your way just not in a live recording <laughs> podcast that i'm putting pressure on you and i'll just i'll shoot them off to you via email okay so. thanks so all of that being said, I think that there's so much more that I want to talk to you about, especially in the topic of kind of, you know, not just running the business, mm -hmm. but maybe getting a business started or maybe life in Ehime. Mm. But I think that we should probably jump into those after the break. All right. Today's episode of the At Home Show is sponsored by, you guessed it, no one. No, no one at all. It's, it's just us. How are you doing? How, how's, how's everything going for you? Um, if you, if you were going to grab another coffee, this, this might be the time. Um, but there's, there's nothing else to really say during the break. So, hope you've enjoyed the break. We're, we're going to get back into the episode now. Welcome back from the break. If you are listening to part two of this, it probably means you listened to part one, or at least hopefully you did. Otherwise, how did you just magically start at exactly this moment? I'm impressed. If that's you, I, I am impressed. I am sitting here with Sherry. Uh, Sherry, thank you for, we, we didn't even really take a break. No, we, no. Like, <laughs> we just continued from like 10 seconds ago. Yeah, so. why not? Uh, before the break, we were talking about your hiring process mm -hmm. and the, the value system that you choose for that. But I would like to look at just the, the general idea of business, like starting a business or running a business in Japan. Because there are going to be a lot of people who come here and maybe they start out as an English teacher, but they develop a skill set and then they want to run a business with it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe right from the beginning, they have the idea of running a business in Japan. And if I'm not mistaken, you've actually done an entire video, an entire piece of content exactly on this topic. Is that right? I did. How long ago was that? I think about a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So for reference, for those who are listening to this right now, I am going to leave that video in the description box, but if you could give us a little summary, a little, like what, what are the, the tidbits, the, the Coles notes, if you will, of that video? Um, 
basically, if you are 100% foreigner who doesn't have any family members in Japan,、mm. unless you are vastly rich or something,、mm. you can't start a, start a business. And now that, that is quite a strong, quite a strong statement. I'm going to ask you maybe just to expand on that a little bit. I'd love to hear a bit more about it. Okay, so when I said that、um, you can't start a business, this、mm-hmm. business is about corporation. Okay, like a corporation. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha.、Um, and so if you want to freelance,、mm-hmm. if it's just like you, not hiring、mm-hmm. anybody, and then I think it's This is kind of like your region because, like, I'm basically talking about like full on corporation, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know more about like uh, uh, like freelancing style? Yeah, yeah. So, just to, to give a little bit of terminology to it, there's a, a couple different ways you can start a business in Japan.、Uh-huh. So, the business registration for a freelancer, what would you call that?、Uh, Exactly. So, it's kojinjigyo is like basically you've registered yourself as a company, which means you're allowed to freelance. Right. What other categories are there?、Uh, kabushiki gaisha. Okay, kabushiki gaisha would be a fully registered, like it would be a corporation Corporate. basically, right. right? Yeah. Are there any other categories?、Uh, there are some, but basically, like, that's just like minor details. Like okay, how much、okay. money you have to have and stuff like that.、Mm-hmm. So、mm-hmm. either like you know freelancing and incorporation. That's the big difference. Okay, so just to clarify,、mm-hmm. because I think people could like, for example, if I ran a bagel shop, obviously that's not going to be a corporation. But I think for a lot of you know English speakers, it doesn't exactly sound like freelancing either. So the kujinjigyo doesn't always follow、uh, fall exactly into the category of. Freelancing, but it can be a personal business, right?、Mm-hmm. So, my quote unquote bagel shop, Norm's Bagel Shop, yeah,、um, that, that would fall under the Kojin category.、Um, that's a good question. <laughs>、um, okay, so technically, yes,、mm. you can、okay. uh, run a bagel shop as Kojin Jigyo, freelancing.、Mm-hmm. But Uh, in order to keep your business going as a like, restaurant, a cafe, or something food related,、mm-hmm. uh, basically you have to earn, like, gain at least 1 million yen per month. Otherwise,、okay. you will bankrupt. Okay. Then that means you will get、uh, how much? I can't really、um, say the exact number in English. Like, I can't、okay. do that, I can't do that <laughs> translation in my head. But then, it, basically, like, you know, 12 months in 12 months,、yeah. it goes, how can I say?、Uh, <laughs> It's always so for anybody <laughs> listening right now. I'm gonna give Sherry a second to figure out Isemam in her head. The, the challenge with Japanese numbers is that they don't line up exactly with English numbers. So Ichimam is actually 10,000, but it's set as one unit. So the next unit up from that would be Jumam, and that's it's 10 of Ichiman. So it's Ten ten thousands, so it's actually a hundred thousand. So you've got to kind of do this weird calculation in your head. A lot of people just write it down on paper and just count the zeros in the end. Because, yeah, anyway, it looks like Sherry's figured this out. I think I bought her enough time. <laughs> Isemon. So Isemon is ten million yen. Okay, ten million. Ten million yen.、Mm-hmm. So if you go. So it's like be, Isemon would be about a hundred thousand. Uh, dollars, roughly. If you were to convert like 100 yen to $1,、mm-hmm. that'd be about $100,000. Ah, too much calculation.、Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so if you go over 10 million yen per year,、mm. then you have to pay consumption t- taxes. Okay. So then、uh, sometimes it's better to convert your business to a corporation. Gotcha. Or depending on what type of business you're running,、uh, your、mm. clients ask you to become a corporation. Okay. Yeah, so there are so many other、um, things that you have to worry about. But yeah,、mm. technically,、uh, if you don't want to worry about too much taxes and、like, too much paperwork, and then you better to stick with、uh, freelancing. 
Gotcha. Then coming back to our business types, obviously, corporation and personal business. So if you, for example, if you uh, have a, I don't know, if you're living in Japan, you've got a working visa, maybe you have Eizuken, which is permanent residence is the English word I'm looking for, mm -hmm. then you can personally work as like a freelancer or a small personal business without any trouble. But it's the corporation creation that makes things a lot more challenging. Technically, if you have a working visa, then you have to work. Mm. Uh, you have to ask your boss because the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the company that you are working for is issuing your working visa, and if the company's uh, regulation says like no, uh, n like no any other jobs whatsoever, yeah, then yeah, you yeah. can't, right? But if you yeah, have exactly. a permanent residency, then you can do whatever you want. I feel like there, at some point we're going to have to sit down and do an entire podcast <laughs> episode just on this breakdown of things like the visa process, of things like, you know, working versus having your own company versus freelancing, because it's something that we've spent so much time talking about in such detail and done so much research on when it comes to hiring people, right. everything like that. I don't think we can squeeze it all into this episode. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, absolutely not. So you know what? I'm going to take that. I'm going to put it in a nice little ball. We're going to set that ball aside and we're going to do that one as a separate episode. And we're going to transition into the topic of just what it is like to grow up and live in the countryside of Japan. Okay. Because for everybody who is a part of this show right now, I think you're the only one who's really been born and raised in a small countryside town because as much as we say Matsuyama mm -hmm. you're actually just on the outskirts of Matsuyama right. in a smaller town mm -hmm. so can you paint a picture hmm. of what the area around your house looks like okay um it's a total residential area so we don't have any like tall buildings whatsoever mm -hmm. uh we got rice fields, uh, we've got rivers, uh, we've got, of course, mountains, uh, lots of oranges. <laughs> and, um, like, my house is very close to Matsuyama, actually. Um, so, like, even if, uh, like, you know, say, even if uh, I'm living in, like, uh, the, the small town, the other people say like, oh, you are living in Matsuyama because like that, like part of mm. the town is technically Matsuyama. But yeah. uh, my hi my junior high school was up in a mountain. Okay. Yeah. Like, like in the mountain. In, yeah, basically in the mountain. So I had to ride a bike every morning for 30 to 40 minutes to the mountain. That little town that you're in, yeah. there is a beautiful, super wide river uh, with large high banks on either side the mm -hmm. river winds down to the mountains that are off in the distance yet surprisingly close mm. um, there's old metal blue bridges that separate that from another side of the mountains on the other side and just driving from the main road into the residential area of houses that is there you're up on this edge of the riverbank that your car could quite literally fall off either side and as you get through there and you pull up into the residential area there are all these small like one to two story houses dispersed amongst a set of rice fields and as you said there are little orange trees and whatnot all over the place and it's it's got a very very peaceful feel to it overall yeah and i feel like a lot of people who grow up with one thing often yearn for another thing like you know people who've grown up in small towns a lot of them especially in japan mm -hmm. just leave their small towns and head into the big cities like tokyo and osaka yeah and that's always been an option for you and yet not only did you not do that mm -hmm. but you started the business out there and you started a youtube channel focused around showing that area I'd love for you to speak a little bit to that. Okay. Well, you said that, you know, I didn't go to Tokyo or Osaka or the, those big cities like other kids do. Mm. 
But technically, I skipped all of that and went to Hawaii. So <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. But you've still chosen to live and build a life in the countryside、mm-hmm. as a young person, rather than. I had gone up to、uh, Ishikawa. Uh, about、okay. a year or so ago, and done a mini documentary on an area that had been completely abandoned by all the young people. It was devoid of all young people, except for one young girl who was visiting her father. Other than that, the entire population was aged, and the town was dying.、Mm. There was no one left to continue on the town. Who knows by. By the time, by the time I I choose to, you know, grow old and retire someday, that place just may not exist. It may just be abandoned houses if something doesn't change. And a lot of Japan has this issue. Right. A lot of Japan has this like Tokyo drain, if you will, where all of the youth and everyone. And so every time I go into a non-Tokyo area. Uh, like a countryside area,、mm-hmm. if you will, and I see that there are still people passionate about that place, about living there, about working there, about just the entire lifestyle there. It catches my interest. Um. Okay. Well, you've been to Matsuyama many times, so probably you understand the difference between Matsuyama and those little towns.、Mm. If, if Matsuyama was. Similar to those like little town in Ishikawa,、mm. then I probably won't be working in here. Okay, fair enough.、Uh, even if like Matsuyama is small town in the countryside, still we got like we got a lots of families, right?、Mm. Uh, so there are a lot of kids, and、uh, as you know, that my business is focusing on kids from、yeah. like. Two years old to like in you know, high school students, so then I wouldn't have any customers. So obviously <laughs> I won't be doing this、uh, business. Yeah. So like, if in the future the population in Matsuyama declines and like I don't see many children, then I might have to think of something else.、Mm. You know, maybe move to Tokyo or who knows. Or maybe、yeah. like change my business style, right?、Mm-hmm. But when I came back to Japan,、mm. uh, actually, I thought that I was gonna just like you know earn some money, get some money,、mm. and then I move to Tokyo or go back to the states. Okay, that was my plan.、Uh, the reason why I started just teaching English was because that was <laughs> that was easy. Because <laughs>、mm. <laughs> like you know like unlike. Uh, other like any other business, you don't really、mm. need anything. You don't have to invest into、yeah. anything.、Uh, I had a house. I had parents. My parents' house. So I just needed to buy some tables and、uh, whiteboard and done.、Mm. There's a classroom. I think this. I'm. I'm, I'm going to jump in here because you're like, oh, I started it because it's. Easy, right? <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I I sat with that one for a second, and I'm just I'm gonna call BS. <laughs> I just don't believe you. I plain and simple just do not believe you. I, in the same way that、uh, you traditionally would always do your introductions. So, at the very beginning, I talked about Sherry's introductions. Sherry used to say, "Hi, I'm Sherry, and、uh, I run、uh, a business." And that was like the entire introduction, and I think in the exact same way you're oversimplifying this, because I've seen more of a passion for not just English teaching, but English teaching for your students than I think I've seen just English itself. You seem to really, really love it. Like if we are in the middle of a very serious conversation and I throw up a word or phrase that you don't know,、mm-hmm. you will stop the flow of everything. You will. Figure out what it is. You'll analyze it. You'll break down how to use it. You'll make it part of yourself. You'll then figure out a way to work it into the conversation a minute or two later, and all of a sudden, it's your word. And for as many years, like half a decade now, that I've known you,、uh-huh. your passion for English has not once decreased for even a moment. Yeah, and the、true. investment that you put into not just the students but the people that you work with.、Mm-hmm. 
despite all the troubles that we talked about that are basically a business, right? Like you're constantly putting out fires. You still haven't lost any of the passion or any of the motivation. So I'm sorry, I called the, it may have potentially started because it's easy, but you, you got to admit, you love what you do. Yeah, I do. I do. That's why I stayed. Mm. Yeah. And so I started out like, you know, it was like easy and because I live in like small town. So mm. like there's no, like not like close to zero opportunities when it comes mm. to speaking English to like, you know, person who is like, you know, like alive, <laughs> you know, not like, you know, <laughs> Um, so I was like, well, I don't want to forget English and quickest way was to teach because if you teach, then you have to be perfect, right? Mm. You can't teach uh, wrong usage of English or stuff mm. like that, even if that's just, just little kids. Yeah. So then I started with like one or two kids, then, you know, English boom came to my little town. Then mm. I started getting more kids. Then I was like, you know what? I actually love this. Like I, act, I like the fact that I use English every single day. And mm. yeah, and the, uh, yeah, I do have passion for learning English and whatnot. Mm. But at the same time, I noticed that I like running business. That's the biggest mm. thing. Yeah. Cause like my parents always thought that I was gonna be um, like a secretary to a big company or something because I can speak okay. English and I can speak Japanese mm. and like you know, so like still my my parents are like I kind of believe that someday you will like maybe get uh, headhunted, right, by mm. like a big company and you will do things like that. I was like, mm -hmm. eh. Uh, I don't know. At this point, I can't, I can't imagine. I really can't imagine you ever working for anyone else. Right, right. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I can't. I, I really can't. No, no. But outside of that, as much as you have a passion for business, I think you also have this very casual hidden passion for the area as well because one of the other things that i think makes matsuyama and shikoku stand apart one of the reasons that i have been there mm -hmm. so many times is because in such a small space there is such an incredibly amazing variety of different spots and experiences views and so much more packed in mm -hmm. and you know what before we jump into that I think we're going to take another quick break. All right. So you might find yourself wondering, what's up with all the ad breaks when there's no ads? Well, you see, the most DSLRs only have like a 30-minute recording limit, so we just keep <laughs> stopping it any time that we get close to that. So, yeah, that, that's what's with all the ad breaks. And Sherry and I went on and on and on in this episode. Hope you're enjoying it, by the way. The entire series, as well as more episodes with Sherry, both in video and audio format, are available on patreon right now if you're interested in joining that side of the community i would love to have you we get to spend more time together get to know each other a little better it's a really fun place to hang out that's pretty much all i'm gonna say let's get back to the last section of the episode so picking up on the topic of Matsuyama, so even long before I was producing content for YouTube, I was kind of working in the background. I was helping you with your channel. I was, you know, helping Sharla and everything like that. And we'd even done that YouTube trip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is, I, again, I wasn't even, I, I think you can like see me like recording in the background when you guys are on the rickshaw or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, this was actually one of my first times to just do a bunch of travel through both Matsuyama and the surrounding areas. But from everything from the various onsen to all the different like mountain spots and these like different hotels. And there's a, a mountain that I still haven't had the opportunity to go to where I think you climbed up 
a, like a chain. Ah, yeah, Mount Ishizuchi, right? Can you describe Mount Ishizuchi? I, I'm not speaking. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. Mount Ishizuchi. Why can't I say it? <laughs> Mount Ishizuchi. Yeah. Can you describe I'm, I just, I know, I just, I need to nail it. Mount Ishizuchi. There we go. There you go. Could you tell us a little bit about that mountain and kind of the experience that comes coupled with it? Um, it's actually uh, like, well, but you climb Mount Fuji, right? So yeah, I, I, I don't know, yeah. like, you know, compared to that, I don't know. But um, Mount Isizuchi is actually the tallest mountain in southern uh, Japan. Okay. And I think I woke up around like four in the morning and、mm-hmm. we drove up to the certain point where the shrine is at.、Mm-hmm. And we had some, like, some sort of like pray for the,、um, like, you know, the whole like, hiking up to. The top of the mountain,、okay. then it took how many hours? But like we started from like you know eight or nine a.m.、Okay. and then we were on the top of the mountain by noon. Okay.、Uh, but on the way, it's, it wasn't as hard I expected to be. Well,、no. I was like fully prepared because, like, you know, the people who have climbed the mountain before warned me it would be like such a、uh, like、hard experience. Okay. Yeah, so I had the right gears and everything. But yeah, and then I had like, a,、uh, I went with a group of people, but the、mm-hmm. view was like the, 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 I think I climbed on the hot summer day,、mm-hmm. but it was like very cool because it's like high up, right?、Yeah. And. The weather was perfect.、Hmm. So, when I was on the top of the mountain, I could see like, like literally everything. Yeah. I can't really ask for much more than that. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like a perfect、uh, day to climb that. And we had the,、uh, they have a like, little、uh, shop on the, mount, on the top of Mount Isizuchi.、Mm-hmm. And they offer like curry. For us, and、mm. yeah, then we climbed down to the other side of the mountain. So we、okay. started out to、um, like one town, which is the like,、uh, like f- how can I say, like you have, you know, like where I live, right? Like from、mm. that town, we can go to like, we have to go to maybe like one hour to the, the, the mountainside,、mm-hmm. and there's like another、uh, town. Okay. Like a small town in the mountain. And then we start from there to, the, and then we climb, and then we went to the other side, which was in actually the eastern Ehime. So it's completely、mm-hmm. different city, I think, city or town. Yeah, so yeah, that's an that's a experience for and sure. It's really one of just many great experiences in the area, right? Like, if you were to go a little bit north,、uh, I guess, like, what, an hour or two by car, you've got the Shimonami Kaido and everything、mm-hmm. like that,、mm-hmm. all the islands, the bridges, definitely always, always touted by many as one of the most beautiful spots in Japan.、Mm-hmm. We've driven out as far, it's no longer Matsuyama, we've driven through the mountains into areas like Kochi. We've、mm-hmm. gone to,、uh, oh, what was that? Ooh, ooh. Started with、mm-hmm. ooh. Yeah,、Uajima? we went. Yes, Uajima is nearby. <laughs> There's the,、uh, the ryokan that has the, the glass see through floors and uh-huh, everything uh-huh. like that. So, considering the wide variety of experiences available, right? There's even giant sports stadiums out there. There are shopping centers, like some of the, one of the biggest shopping malls I've seen in Japan so far、uh-huh. is actually out there. Like, it is. Surprisingly jam packed with different things to see、yeah. and do. Yeah.、Um, which is honestly probably the biggest reason why I've been, what, what are we like? We're near 30 times now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, I for a while there was visiting about once every other month, if、mm-hmm. not with more 
frequency. And we have done entire pieces of content where we've talked about the difference between Toku and Matsuyama. We've talked about, uh, you know, just lifestyle out there and what yeah. it's like to be there. We, we've had the argument a thousand times <laughs> of which one is better and everything. Uh, and I think one of the, the things that I really want to tout about the area is that to this day, I believe that it is truly still one of the hidden gems of Japan. Mm. It's still very much untouched. Mm -hmm. There's still very few tourists. Mm -hmm. and, but we've talked as well about there's one specific thing that you need to really enjoy it well because it's a little harder to enjoy the area by just train. Right. Yeah, right. But as a person who lives mm. in Matsuyama, uh, I'm not a big fan of taking trains to everywhere, especially mm. when it's like really packed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I appreciate the better um, public transportation when I feel like, you know, uh, when I want to hang out with friends and I want mm. to, you know, drink or something. Yeah. Because uh, like the only option here there will be probably taxi and the taxi is very mm -hmm. pricey. Um, but other times, like if I want to go to like a shopping mall and then want to like buy tons of stuff, I don't have to carry mm. everything and onto the train. I just like, put everything in my uh, car. Right? Mm -hmm. I like privacy, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... It's like your own little space as well, right? And yeah, we got like free parking lot everywhere anyway, mm. so... And I think that's one of the things that comes along with kind of the, the countryside life as well. I think a lot of people think Japan and they think instantly like trains and transportation is really useful. But when you get out into those countryside towns, more often than not, it's more like one train an hour and it's like mm. one car per train and Matsuyama isn't quite that bad like yeah. Matsuyama has <laughs> a bit more transportation yeah, yeah, yeah. did you ever see so one of the other guests that I recently had is Dogen uh -huh. and uh, Dogen oh I'd say almost a year ago now did uh, a little comedy skit where he talks about trains in Tokyo versus trains in the countryside did you ever <laughs> see that one? no I don't think so I will send it to you as yeah, soon yeah. as we are done here it was so good. I'm not, I'm not going to do it the injustice of trying to describe it in here. I'll also link it in the description <laughs> just because it was a really, really fun one. But it brings to mind that you were born in the area. You were raised in the area. You've started a business in the area. Mm -hmm. I feel like I ask you this question at least once a year. Mm. So just to stay current because okay. we're in 2020 and I have not asked you yet this year. All right. Do you think you can see yourself staying in Matsuyama for the rest of your life? Ooh, good question. That's <laughs> okay. So um, that's depending on every circumstance around mm. me, right? Um, like before I was like, like I, uh, how can I say? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of person who thinks uh, who see everything black and white, mm. and I don't like to change my opinion mm. just because I feel like it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a human too, so I should be allowed to do that. But then if I say like, you know, I'm doing this, and I have to do it all the way through. Mm. Otherwise, no matter what other people say, like, oh, you know, your situation changed, so like, it's okay to adjust accordingly. But I said this like five years ago, so I'm gonna do it. That kind of person, mm. okay? So, but like, I'm not, I'm not thinking this coronavirus thing at all. But mm. if didn't, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't probably think about the like online courses. Ah, uh, yeah. So. I like the part of myself that I can change any sort of like um, like emergency or mm. crisis into mm. some something beneficial mm. for me or for my business, mm -hmm. and that made me think that like maybe it I don't have to stay here for my entire life. Mm. 
just because I said so in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I'm actually more impressed with the fact that like. <laughs> Because when we talked about you switching to online classes, like yeah. you and I had this talk probably like a couple weeks ago, and your concern wasn't you or your business. Your actual statement to me was, if my business fails in the midst of all of this, mm. it fails. But right now, I have to think about my students. I have to think about their safety. I have to think about their comfort. So this is unprecedented for me, but I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go for it and we're mm -hmm. going to make the best of it. And if it fails, it fails. Yeah. And yet right now you're pitching it as, oh yes, I turned this into something positive for me and my business. But that's every single time that I've seen you struggle through one of these things. In the end, you're like, huh, I turned this advantageously towards me. But the entire time you've done it, all you've been thinking about is for... If, I'm not going to say any names, but mm -hmm. I've seen you with specific students of yours that mm -hmm. you have put in, invested an unprecedented amount of effort and hours <laughs> and time and work into their development because they've been struggling with something mm. just to have them be like, eh, you know what, I give up and then just leave. Mm. And that entire time, you, you stay frustrated for like a solid two days. You're like, seriously, what? Oh, I put so much effort into it. And then yeah. two days later, you're like, you know what? Through doing this for them, I learned this. So now I'm right. going to take this and I'm going to appeal it to this. And then it's like you just forget that the entire thing wasn't about your business. It's always about them. And I think that, in my personal opinion, is one of the reasons I've seen you grow and have as much success as you have. It's because... The things that you are doing, quote unquote, for your business mm -hmm. aren't for you. Mm. You you say them that way afterwards so you can keep that <laughs> business soul, you know what I mean? But I think you really care about the people. And yeah. I think that that shows in both your business and in the fact that you've stayed close to the people that you care about and that you love and that you've stayed in your hometown of Matsuyama and helped not just yourself, but the, the town itself, like you, you contribute quite a bit to the promotion of mm -hmm. Ehime. Mm -hmm. You work with the government. Yeah. You are on the, the board of numerous business committees in the area and everything. Mm -hmm. You are a huge contributor <laughs> of the area. Um, and I'm, I'm sure in your mind, you're like, yep, because it's all good for my business. But in the end, you're helping people the entire way through it. Okay, I, I think uh, I think like because I heard you saying all of that, that mm. kind of made uh, me actually realize that I say that I say that uh, everything is be because of my business. It's for my business. Mm. Is to kind of like protect myself and also um, others that I you know work with or mm. uh, like I have business with mm. because like. Yeah, I do I do everything for the clients and you know, business partners and everything. But then that this is really hard to put into like, you know, <laughs> short phrases. <laughs> but if I actually believe that I'm doing these things for them, that mm. was like probably five, six years ago when I just started business. Mm. I was like, I'm doing for you. I'm doing this for you. Right. And then they quit. Mm. And then it's very frustrating, mm. but it's frustrating. And I sometimes want to hate those like, you know, students who just left. But then that's, that's on me. I mm. decided to do that work for them. They didn't mm. ask for it. They might say like, oh, I want to like pass this test or something like that. But how I deal with that problem is up to me, not up mm. to them. So in order to not, not care, but mm. in order to like, like put myself in the like neutral position. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I have to say that everything is for my business, for mm. myself, so that I give you all the like effort that I can put in, all the information that I have to every student, but 
to take the advice or not is up to them. Yeah. And I won't get upset or I won't judge them mm -hmm. just because they didn't take my advice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's my way of saying this is for my business, not yeah. for them. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a really good way of looking at that. Thank you so much for sharing it. And I think as happens often with my podcast, we have gotten completely sidetracked, sidebarred, <laughs> derailed, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I'm having a great time with this. Me too. That being said, though, uh, I feel I feel like so that we don't continue going on for the next maybe two plus <laughs> hours, we should put a pin in this one right here, maybe wrap up this episode and okay. definitely just do another one of these in the future. Definitely. We most definitely have to talk about the, the visa situation, right. the starting a company in Japan situation in a great deal more detail. This will just be kind of a taster episode. And if anybody has more on any of these topics that they would like to hear about, feel free to hit up Sherry or I on Twitter. Um, both of our handles will be linked in the description down below, and we may be able to expand a little bit more on it for you. So, Sherry, I know you have a busy day ahead of you, so thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It was really fun talking to you. I have a lot more things that I want to talk about, but I think we <laughs> went on and on and on. So, next time. Let's just both take some notes down on paper, and uh, we'll just kind of pick up where we left off next time. Sounds right? good. Excellent. Thank you again, and we will talk to you real soon. All right. I don't know about you, but as soon as I finished up with this episode, I sat back and I knew, I knew that Sherry and I were going to have to do at least, at least a bare minimum of one more episode on one of these topics. Now, obviously, if you agree with that, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or basically anywhere and let us know what you thought. And obviously, you can go and check out Sherry's content as well. I have linked everything that we talked about today in the description of this podcast episode. We really enjoyed having you guys for this one. It, it was a long one. And over the years, Sherry and I have managed to put together quite a bit of content. So if you'd like to see more, come on over to the channel and check any of that out. I'm pretty sure that there's at least one or two podcasts hidden within here as well. But for now, my coffee cup is empty once again. So I'm going to have to grab myself a refill so I can kick back with the next episode. Don't forget to take a break from the world every now and then and fill your ears and your time with something a little more positive. Thank you guys so much for joining this episode of the at home show. And you know, I will talk to you again real soon.